mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com How's it going? Woo! Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talker. Welcome to Talker. Oh, thanks, everyone. We are buzzing. This is so incredibly this exciting. Is so cool. So cool. We've got an amazing guest with us today, haven't we, Rob? Yeah, so we met today's guest um, a few months ago in Latitude Music Festival backstage, and we were running to try and see her show with another mate of ours, Deborah Francis White, who does an incredible podcast, The Guilty Feminist. She was on our podcast as well. She was actually recently, yeah, at Latitude. Oh, that's right. um, and we walked backstage and we missed the show and we felt really annoyed and we'd actually got into the arena and it was this incredible huge space and it had the Guilty Feminist logo on the back of the screen and it was empty and we were like, great, we just missed the show. Yes. And we ran backstage and the first person we met was London Hughes, who is our guest today. Yes. And I was immediately taken by her because she had this incredible like generosity of spirit and she was incredibly kind as well, but then equally hilariously funny that I was like almost crying in this little kind of porter cabin backstage. Would you say she was joyful, Rob? I would say she is an uplifting human being to be around. She has incredible energy. Wow. And um, yeah, and she also loves art, which is why we've asked her on the show. Yes, results. That's really helpful for talk art, isn't it? <laughs> so we would like to welcome to the stage... Uh, yes, the Queen of Croydon... London the Hughes! Woo! This is yours, you're in the middle. How you doing, London? So right. This is so cute. I loved what you said. I was listening backstage. I heard everything. It was so nice. Thank yeah, of course. You. Thanks, of course. Guys. We were going to introduce you as the young Picasso. Ha! Yes. Right? Yes, I am. You're and laughing. This, this is a name that she's actually been called. Yeah. Yeah. My teacher in school. Because <laughs> basically, I'm so terrible at drawing. It's beneath me. It's absolutely beneath me. I can't draw. And like, I was always drawing the eyes weird and the mouths weird, eyes too close together and the eyes close to the nose, nose too close to the mouth. And the teacher, my teacher said to me, oh, you're like a young Picasso and introduced me to his work. And that's when I realised I'm actually an artistic genius. <laughs> you know I mean? So I am young Officially. Picasso. Yeah, no, I'm very, very talented in art. Yeah. So you went to school, this was a school in Croydon when yeah, you grew Croydon. up? Yeah, Croydon, Fort Croydon. Oh yeah. Home of Stormzy and the first ever 24-hour Tesco. So, Whoa. brap. Brap, brap. So, um, yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure that soon people are going to be calling it the home of London Hughes. They, they better be. They're going to be like me. Stormzy, who? So who's Stormzy? Exactly. London Hughes, mate. Big time. So what yeah. was school like for you? What was art like for you when you went to school with this teacher? Were it they was, inspirational? It was a nice place to sleep where you could have a nap during the lessons. <laughs> I was really good at sleeping. I was just... When I'm not good at something, I don't care. Right. Like, so, like, I don't know a lot about art, art because I'm not good at art. I don't know a lot about swimming either because I'm terrible at swimming. I just, like, tune out. But when I did try and draw, like, it was terrible. But I did enjoy the process. And it wasn't until the end when I realised that I can't draw that I got upset. But the, the method of it was good. And I liked looking at pictures and, like, I had favourite artists as a kid. Who was your favourite artist as a kid? First of all, Picasso, because, obviously, I am him, he is me. Yeah. Um... <laughs> We are both very, very talented. Um, <laughs> I loved Weeping Woman, man. Weeping Woman was legit, bro. Yes. Legit. 
Like the spoons in the ice. The sp- you don't know about... I'm not sure if you're aware of Weeping Women. It's at work. Tell, it's us, about, tell us about Weeping Women. I actually Weeping just saw Weeping Women sure in aware. Madrid. In, Did um, you? Yeah, in the, the Prado. Real the real one. Stop. And I guess what, though? No, this is a weird thing, though. I actually took a picture of it for my old Instagram before I deleted it and then started it again when we did Talk Arc. So yeah. Many Instagrams. This is information but, um, I don't need. Yeah. But yeah, I did actually post it. No, it was it. needed. It was necessary. Oh, okay. What? what? I, I've seen it... I've seen it twice, okay? I've seen it once in Paris. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I, went, I went to a Picasso show in Paris with Tracy Emin. And saw, stop your yeah, face! Stop my face. <laughs> yeah. I like her. We like her. I like Tracy. So I went with her to see a Picasso show and saw The Weeping Woman, took a photo of it, posted it. And then about six months later, went to Madrid with my dear friend Catalina and saw it again. And I posted it again. I love that work. So you and I have the same can we, taste. Can we be friends in real life? We, exactly. This, this is about to happen. I feel like you're the type of guy I need to hang out with. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So where did you where did you see this painting? So we had to study, but well, after I realised me and Picasso were the same, we had to then study him. And Weeping Woman really like it just stayed within me because I was just like, oh my god, like the spoons in the eyes, the pin back ears, and the way he drew her. And obviously she's a she's a mistress. I liked how we drew all his mistresses. Yeah. I like what a bachelor he was. I think that you know me drew and all the guys I'm. Well, he was with. normally married, so he yeah. wasn't really a bachelor, but oh, he was I normally mean, married to his own affairs. Yeah, yeah, he was a player. He was a total player. And I liked what's the other one where he put the Willie in her face. You don't know what I'm talking about. When he put, he drew his Willie in her face. Le Rev. Le Rev. Yeah, in Le Rev. I've not seen that one. Are you being serious? No, I need to see that. Okay, there's a picture and he draws this model <laughs> and it looks like she's touching her tiddly bits. But then if you look at her face, <laughs> if you look at her face, his Willie is drawn into her face. He's so cheeky. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know this one. This is amazing. That. that, funnily enough, actually relates to the title of your recent <laughs> success in Edinburgh, because yeah. London's just come off the Edinburgh Fringe Festival yes, and yes. got nominated for a Perrier Award. Wait, can we just say, yeah, we first need to talk about this. Black woman in British history to get nominated. Yeah, Thank amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. I was well chuffed. Um, my show was called To Catch a Dick. Um, <laughs> So the fact that, like, I was nominated... I'm also the first ever Perrier nominated... Well, the Edinburgh Comedy Award nominated show with Dick in the title. Sorry, <laughs> mums, if you're here. But literally, like, yeah, it's just a, it was a whirlwind. Well, I'm loving the link there to Picasso's painting. Yeah. How, was it, how has it changed everything for you now since the nomination? Since... Oh, my God, I'm amazing. I was, always am- I was always amazing. Let's be clear. I was always... But no one knew. <laughs> now everyone right. knows it's so much fun like yeah there's so much stuff happening I'm flying to LA on Saturday I'm out of here I start work on my TV show in America I've got a scripted sitcom starring me all about my life so um, yeah now Britain's finally playing catch up and they're like oh we love London Hughes I'm like I'm out of here I'm in LA baby but um, and why yeah. does that happen though I feel like especially with like if you think of like black male and female actors who go yes. off um, in, in the UK to auditions and all that kind of stuff yes. then they get to America and they suddenly get roles and then they come back and England's like you're amazing we I always know. loved you and so we were here the whole time I know that's but how what I is that about? it's just not cool but you know what it's because it's, it's so, I'm sorry to be like oh it's racism but it is just because I'm black like literally I'm a woman I'm black I'm overlooked especially in entertainment and my stories aren't really seen as you know I guess they're just niche so people don't go, oh, let's give this black girl a TV show. Just give them to all the white men, because that's what we're used to. So basically, I've had to fight through all that. And also, you've in America, come, it's different. You've, you've had such an interesting route, because you started off on Babe Station. Yes! And you, you also were studying... What is um, it you did on Babe Station? What do you mean? What, did, what do you present? What is there to do on Babe Station? <laughs> no, I was, I'm classy. It was Babe Station in the daytime. Classy! <laughs> Classy! But then from that, you went to children's... <laughs> Classy! £20 an hour, fully clothed. Classy! 
Did that was my first. Oh, so you were like, you were like, you were. How yeah. does it work? You were actually like, a watching, model, like people. No, I would talk. I would present. Right. Okay. I was like, I'd be fully clothed, and my job was just to keep the bills running until eleven o'clock, and that was the main event. Was tits out, fingers in. I went part of that. <laughs> I went part of that. I was fully clothed. And obviously, Russell and I have never seen this being no. gay guys. Yeah. No, you haven't. Yeah. But a few no, I, men. I've breezed past it. I yeah. haven't actually stayed Sky on it. Sky Channel eight nine seven. All right. Oh, okay. there right, we go. And the then day. from there, which is a natural progression, you went from Babe Station to see BBC. Yeah. <laughs> that was my next job. Yeah. yeah. Did, were they aware of your Babe Station yes, past? They were. they were. Yes, they were. Because you've been on Blue Peter. Yeah, I've you've been, been on, on Blue Peter. I did little. I used to present in the broom where Philip Schofield was yeah. in the broom cupboard. That was my job. No. Me and Hacker the Dog in the broom cupboard. I was actually the last presenter to present from BBC Television Studios in London because it moved to Manchester. And my last ever link, I was like, it started with Philip Schofield and ended with London Hughes. And it was so beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. And also, you were the first black woman to have her own show, weren't you? Like, yeah, your own TV was, show. Yeah, I was the first. It's so crazy. I'm always it's the crazy, first. It's crazy, though. I'm always the first. I know, well, you're, you're a pioneer. You're trailblazing, God, That's why you're on our show. We love pioneers and yes. we like rebels. And, Thank you. you know, I was we have first, big respect for that. First, I did a show called um, Extreme Hair Wars, which was on Channel 5. It was like Bake Off, but for hairdressers. Very highbrow, very highbrow. And, um, and I hosted that and it was like I was the first black woman to solo host a primetime TV show in this country and, and I, I just find that last year. so brilliant and it's so like about time so, thanks man and also you're going to inspire future generations of women and men and yep. girls and boys to, to realise that they can do that well yeah and I, I was a little girl watching TV and I never saw black girls on TV doing anything um, and I saw black boys on TV but I was on Crime Watch so I couldn't relate so now it's like growing up I just wanted to be the girl I never saw on TV and now I am hopefully and, yes. and with art I know that when you were growing up as a young child your father had a painting in your house yeah and in that painting it was by an american painter yeah and it depicted it was a figurative painting yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of different black um men and women yeah. dancing yeah and so what so what if you think about art and representation and seeing yourself like you were saying i know you've mentioned lee evans before and you used to look to him and you'd be like oh there's a funny white guy but like you didn't realize you yourself could be, could a, be a funny white guy yeah i didn't yeah. know <laughs> i didn't know but a funny white guy's in me guys it's in all of us it's in all of us <laughs> Yeah. What was this painting about? Um, oh, Sugar Shack. Yeah, right. So there's this painting, it's called Sugar Shack, and it's by um, Ernie Barnes. And it's basically black people in a club dancing, but their bodies are all like elongated and twisted. And I don't know why, but every black family has this picture. If you go to any black house, call up your black friends, say, have you got Sugar Shack? Or does your mum have Sugar Shack? Everyone's got I don't know who gave out the memo or the letters. <laughs> but we also, my dad had one above the TV. Then my uncle's got one. My mum had one. My friend's mum had one. My friend grandma's got one everyone's got one and I don't know what, why but I love that picture and you saw that as a kid that was like an influential yeah it was just there always there above I was watching Columbo and it would be above there just always there I used to watch I'm a, I'm a Columbo I like Columbo and then your family so you have like a Jamaican side to your family yes and then your father was adopted is that correct yeah so he's done your research I have done my research look well, at that I, you know, I, I, after meeting you, I was genuinely really impressed when we met you. Thanks. And I, I don't know whether it's some kind of... Because I want to talk about that in a minute as well as bullying and that whole kind of oh, yeah. part of your life. But there's definitely like an emotional intensity to you as well as the funny side. Thank which you. is why I felt a connection to you the minute I met you. I and I that. said to Russ today, I was like, I don't know why, but the minute I met her, I was 
like, I really want her on the show, but I also really want to get to know about yeah. her. Oh. And um, I learned quite a lot about you. But I was fascinated by this idea that your father, who is black, yeah. was adopted by a white family. Yeah. So I was interested whether culturally you saw different kind of art from like that side of the family or from the Jamaican side of the family. It's so crazy because even though... So my grandparents, Dorian and Bill, they sadly passed away. But Dorian and Bill, let me tell you about them. They were the first white couple, white people, full stop, to ever adopt a black child in the whole of Sussex. And they did it back in the time, my dad's 60, they did it 60 years ago when no one was doing that. And like, it wasn't cool. Like black people, we're cool now, we're really cool. We weren't cool, we weren't cool back then. And my grandma's friends disowned her for adopting my dad. And my grandma and granddad had to go to court like three times to get the law changed because it wasn't legal. And um, basically, my dad grew up in a household where he was like, he had like what he had a white brother, so my, my grandma's got a biological son, and then she was told she couldn't have any more kids, so she adopted my dad. And so he grew up in like cruelly, cruelly. Does anyone know where cruelly is? In near Gatwick, terrible place. He grew up, he grew up in cruelly and like just growing up. But then my grandparents, for some reason, were really woke. So that they were such like, even though they had no black friends, never really spoken to black people in their life, they knew they had the common sense to tell my dad, you know, this is your black heritage and you're a black man. And they raised him as a black man. Even my grandparents, they would get me black Barbie dolls. My grandma got me black Barbie dolls, wow. like growing up. I remember one time we were in um, Hamleys. No, I'm lying. We were in Gamleys, Crawley's version of Hamleys. <laughs> Gamleys, we were in is Gamleys, it Gamleys toy shop. Yeah, Gamleys. that's right. We were in Gamleys and they didn't have any black baby dolls. And my grandma was like, where are the black baby dolls? And they were like, like she said, like, where are the guns or something? And they were like, well, we don't have any. And she just got really angry. It's like, what's my granddaughter going to play with? Meanwhile, my Jamaican grandma was forever giving me white women to play with. She was just like, play with a little white doll. Play with it. So it's so crazy that, yeah, even though she was white, white, the, the whitest that white could be, she was culturally aware to raise me and my dad black. It's so interesting. And they were great. They were really great. And yeah, in terms of art, I guess... I was influenced by them more than they... Because they, they couldn't say, like, this is great Jamaican art or great black art. But I was influenced by their stuff. So I used to watch a lot of um, TV that didn't have any black people in it. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I love Dad's Army. I used to love... I used to watch Dad's <laughs> Army. I used to watch all that growing up. I used to listen to Round the Horn. Ra Who listened, didn't anyone know what Round the Horn is? Yeah, I used, to, I used to surround the horn every day as a kid. I was a girl quoting round the horn in the playground instead of Spice Girls. That I'm, was my life. I'm thinking around the twist. Yeah, was that no, Australian no, not round kids the twist. TV round show. Round the horn is Radio Four show, like a sketch or comedy show, and the Goon Show, and yeah, that was me. So I guess that was from my white grandparents that influenced me, and now I'm an amalgamation of both. I'm a chick that can do both, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to comedy, do you do you class comedy as an art form in itself? Do you when I do it, yeah. You and you do it. Right? When I don't know about these other dudes that are doing it, just standing still and that. When I do it, masterpiece. Do you know what I mean? Don't know about anyone else. But who, who do you look at, like comedian-wise? Myself. Be I'm very good. Good. And after after yourself, who do you look at, comedian? What? Nobody. No one. That's right, That's just me. No, here, Britain, me. <laughs> in America, I used to like Richard Pryor. Yes. God rest his soul, Richard Pryor. Um, uh, I mean, everyone's good. Like, there's good comedians out there and, and talented, loads of female talented comedians like Felicity Ward and um, Lou Sanders and Fern Brady. And just basically girls doing something different. Uh -huh. But in terms of what I do, you can't even... No, I didn't... 
once you, you haven't seen me do stand up, if you see me do stand up, you'll know that that chick is all her. She never got that from anyone else but herself. But I did hear, I did hear that you really liked Will Smith when you were growing up. Yeah. Because he was on British TV a lot. Yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel Air was on BBC Two, like after school every day. Yeah, yeah, love And that. like, I grew up wanting to be him and like wanting to have my own sitcom. But also, like, didn't you kind of recognize yourself in him in the sense of the way that he would use his body language and, yeah. and that you were suddenly like, hang on, I'm like that? Yeah. And that people would find you funny and then that sort of gave you hope and confidence. Yo, you know me so well. This is so true. I'm like, should I even be here? This is mad. Yes, that is so true. So basically, I used to watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and he's like, I'm very, if you see my stand-up, I'm very physical. Like, my, after my Edinburgh show, it was just one hour and I literally am drenched with sweat from telling jokes and moving. I'm always moving. And with Will Smith, it, as uh, Fresh Prince, he was very physical. He was clowning. And like, I saw myself, I would do that in the playground. Like, I would make people laugh and like, I used to get bullied and the bullies can't hit you if they're laughing so I would make them laugh so they didn't beat me up and like I was very like clowny and funny and I just yeah I saw myself in Will Smith and I was like I want his job I want his life and it's interesting to me that you pick Weeping Woman by Picasso as a painting that you connected to like that fascinates me though because within you I think from that experience of being bullied you've had to kind of construct London Hughes which is like the this is like sitting down in a therapist session now, isn't isn't it? it I mean who what? knew I'm going to go from gallerist to therapist? But, wow. but yeah, no, but I was struck by that choice because um, even though you're incredibly funny, there's obviously this kind of uh, sadness from being bullied that at the time I know you didn't necessarily feel like you were depressed or sad or no. anything. But you obviously got obsessed with TV and obsessed with making jokes and all of well, that. Well, I just had, I didn't have any friends. So the television became my best friend. I'd run home from school and me and TV till bedtime. Till we stand as the duff duffs, they were my bedtime. And you heard the duff duffs, go to bed. So I used to like watch East Enders, watch TV, and it was just like my comfort. And I heard you say once as well that you, you know, when you're a kid, and especially in the 80s um, or early 90s, but they had the TVs that were much bigger than they are now, like not the flat screens, and they almost like smelt a bit. You could kind of smell the dust like yeah. on the back of them or whatever. And I, I heard in an interview where you said you used to climb behind the TV yeah, to, get on it. to try and get on it. Yeah, like that nearly was hurt badly. myself. Nearly hurt myself. <laughs> Seriously, my mum found me at age five trying to get on TV by op- opening up the, the back, back of it. Nearly messed up my whole life. I'm Nearly electrocuted that, my face. Loving that commitment. Let, I wanted to be in it. Yeah. I just I didn't understand how I couldn't get inside it. It was crazy to me. But I'm in it now, isn't it? It worked. So, <laughs> it's all good. R- Russ and I have noticed uh, a very interesting link. So you might not realise that art can be linked to comedy. But in fact, I would say there are more comedians than artists in this world who actually make art. That's right. There are so many artists. Did you know comedians. there's a lot of comedians that make an art? No. Do you know that Vic Reeves makes art? Does he? Yeah, yeah. and like, no, but like prolifically he paints and makes art. He's actually an artist, he sells his work. Billy Connolly. We've got a list of them, okay? Stop! There's yeah. Harry Hill. Um, Noel Fielding. Oh, no, no, I love Harry. fancy Noel. Noel Fielding makes Eat art. Fit. Noel Fielding. But there's, there's also... Um, we've got a list, we've got a list. James, we've, got a list. We've, got, we've got actors that make art. We've got like... Uh, we've got James Franco. I love him. Jim oh Carrey made yeah, Jim art. Yeah, no, yeah I knew Jim that. Carey. Yeah, yeah. You knew that? yeah. I knew, sorry, I knew it. Was I not? I didn't know! Oh, my God! <laughs> no, you were allowed oh to know. God. How do you know? How did you oh know? Oh, Jim Carrey! Oh, my God! Jim Carrey! Wow! Jim Carrey made a video of himself uh, <laughs> revealing to the world that he was an artist. And it's one of the most interesting and intense and quite kind of um, unsettling videos that I've ever watched. And I wasn't sure if it was him acting when, it was, when, it, when he was doing right, it, but right, he right. Actually, it's actually him. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a real passion for him. Yeah. 
Um, so do you see this in your future? No. <laughs> no. No. You wouldn't be tempted to make art at all. No, no, listen, you like you see my nails? I've got acrylics. The way they're set up, yeah, I can't hold a paintbrush or a pencil with these. I can't even wipe myself properly sometimes. Literally, they're too long. I don't think... I'm not good at it. I'm not good at... Dro- my hat... I ain't got a steady hand. But what and what, I'm what would happen if, like, a pad and pen come out now? No, I would make art. Yeah? But it just wouldn't be what oh, everyone... Oh, oh, oh. Do you know what, yeah? Oh. But my vibes... Because, listen, we live in 2019. Anything's considered as art nowadays. So I would Jackson Pollock that. Like, do you know what I mean? Just make it all so messy. why would you Jackson Pollock that? Isn't because it you like Jackson Pollock? I do, I like him. But also, if this that's art, then this will be this art. Up, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? What are you going to do? Put this in my crotch, one sec. <laughs> See, I can't even open the packet because of the nail. I'll open it up. This is where it's stuck. I can, okay. I can sit next to you and hold yeah, the mic. Yeah, Jackson I'm going to be your mic stand. The thing about Jackson Pollock is, yeah, like... I didn't realise he was art. And do you know why I like him? So I was sleeping with this dude, yeah? And like, he had a real Jackson Pollock in his bedroom. What? I know, innit? Where was this? What, in his, in his house? No, what, where is it? What part of the oh, world? In London. In London, yeah. wow. Unless he lied to me, he told me it was real. Anyway, his dog, <laughs> he could have been lying. But here's the thing, his dog was staring at it. So I was in bed with this dude, like, oh, what's your dog staring at? And he looked at me and went, oh, it's a Jackson Pollock. How do you not know? And I was like, how is this little bitch, the dog, <laughs> like, more interested in art than I am? So I decided that I would never be upstaged by a dog again. And I looked at every Jackson Pollock. So now I like Jackson Pollock. I really like, so I'm going to do some Jackson. Do Good it, one. get involved. Nice. Use all the colours. Do you think he does it all at once, do you think? No, 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 he takes time. No, I think it takes time. Yeah. he's just like that, isn't it? That's beautiful. That's profound, London. Yes, yes, yes. Do you want some more colours here? Yes, please. Yeah, get involved. I need to show the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> I need to show the, the black middle to working class struggle backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, then, yeah, that's coming out. And then out. feminism. That is beautiful. That bit's feminism. Ooh, that's feminism. Yeah, because that's the kind of pinky bit. Yeah, pink and blue. What's that say? It's amalgamation of pink and blue. Feminism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. The fascinating thing is, I thought you were going to be more figurative than this. What, what, is, what do you mean by figurative? I thought you were going to like draw, a, you know, a, a person. Like, I told you I'm terrible at drawing. I know, but do I was. You draw a person within it. Maybe, art, yeah. Within the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, art, maybe, within yeah, the yeah, art. Challenge. Like many layers. Draw, okay, I'm going to draw a person. I did it in. Why am I doing it in yellow? That's such a basic color. Sorry, guys. Talk about yourself. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put some. Is, can you see the eyes? They're eyes. Yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, thanks, Bubs. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, and they're green, green yeah, eyes. Yeah, green eyes. This is major. It's proper. I mean, when, listen, when I'm proper famous, you better sell this, get some money. Well, I think we should sell it for charity. We yeah, should sell it for charity tonight. I just wanted to see the young Picasso at work. In it? It's really good. It's, I'm really kind of. What's, bit, what's that? Oh, the, the lips. Oh, see? the lips, yeah. They're big lips because she's black. Do you know what I mean? Black girls have really big lips by default, unfortunately. Actually, big lips are in right now, so that's a good thing. Okay. Oh, I think that's um, iconic. I think we should now you. show that to the audience. I think it's Beyonce. <laughs> is it Beyonce? That is next level. Should I sign right, it? Can you hold you it is everyone ready to see oh, this? London can hold Wait, it I, let me oh, yeah, sign it, sign it. I think we should auction this off for charity. You really should. I think everybody's going to want this. It's going to make a fortune, <laughs> right? All right. <laughs> that is terrible. Here we go. What's the title of it, London? It's called Feminism. <laughs> Feminism, guys. That is feminism right there. Feminism. That is feminism. Thank you so much for your gift. No worries. Thank it's my gift to the phenomenal. world. That's Thanks. phenomenal. But yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not into art, but I like what I like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you, were, you were telling me that if you, when, 
if you had loads of money, money was no object. Yeah. You buy work by an artist called Fred Allard. Yeah. So where did you see this work and what is it like? So Fred Allard, he's like a, a sculpture, a sculpture. What's the word? Sculptor. For, sculptor. There we go. Yeah. Sculptor. He's a sculptor. And what he does is he takes like it sounds so trashy, but it looks so cool. He gets like designer handbag, like designer shopping bags. So if you go to Gucci and, and just get the carrier bag, he gets like Gucci carrier bags, fills it with Gucci clothes, puts like pop art stuff in there, like like. Um, like Coca-Cola cans and stuff like that and Chubba Chups and then covers it in like this kind of like glass resin type like acrylic thing. Type acrylic thing. type yeah, thing. Yeah. And makes these bags, they're massive and you can hold them, but they're big old blocks and they're like six to 15K each. But they look cool as hell. Where and have you seen these? So but this is why, this art for me always comes from a place where I feel embarrassed and, <laughs> and so with like the Jackson Pollock thing. So I was at um, the art gallery with my white boyfriend at the time. I'm very much single. Let me, I'm very single. Anyone listening to this? I'm very single. I'm 30 this year. My mum wants me to get married next year. I'm very single. Okay, so I was in this art gallery with my boyfriend at the time. And we, I was the only black girl in the art gallery in London. And no one was... So we walked in and we separated and we were walking around. And no one came up to me and asked me if I wanted the price of anything. And they were always coming up to him. And he was broke. I was the one with the money. So he was going, we're going to him, oh, sir, hello, white man, what would you like to see? And he was just like, I'll oh, just, whatever my missus wants. And I was there actually looking at art, but nobody gave a damn. And so I was like standing by this Fred Allard, I saw this Fred Allard and I was standing by it for ages and no one came up to me to be like, do you want the price or do you want to see that? And so I was like, excuse me, how much is this ready to buy it and walk out the store? And she was like, oh, retail price 17,000. I was like, good day, have a nice day. <laughs> okay, okay, good day. But listen, I'm more, listen, one day I'm gonna afford it. I can afford it now, but I don't have a mortgage. So I feel like it'd be weird to have like 17 grand worth of art in my house and I'm paying my rent. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awkward. But yeah, I really want one. So that, Here's a bit where you go, and this is what we, no? Oh, no, no, oh, no. Man. We could just give you Shame. more pads and pens. Yeah, yeah. okay, great. That's yeah. interesting. So uh, tomorrow uh, on Spotify, uh, London's new show is yep. launching, her mm -hmm. own podcast, mm -hmm. um, which is all about dating. And, um, you know, you're going to help people find, find love. love yeah. Find love, yeah. Find love. Yeah. And, yeah, tell us a bit about that. So it's called London Actually, like Love Actually, but with my name in it. So it's really clever. And um, it's, it's, about, it's about my love life because I feel like Britain hasn't really got a dating podcast from the eyes of the, what, through the mouth of a girl that's still out there. Do you know what I mean? They've got people like in married and we're talking about our relationships. Like, oh, I'm married. Let's talk about more. Oh, they've got like, my dad wrote a porno and that's my dad's going crazy. Whatever. <laughs> but they haven't got like, black girl, South London, rich as hell, living her best life, still can't catch a dick. Why? <laughs> and so um, that is basically what the premise is and every, day, every episode I've got special comedian guests on it the first episode features Phil Wang who's a great friend of mine he's hilarious and then we've got like a bit with my mum because my mum's been married twice so I'm asking her well, what should I do my mum's in it and then I've got a bit called London's Love Line where I get the listeners so if you're single and you're listening um, I hook you up over the phone and then I listen in on your first date and I critique it and um, yeah it's actually worked we've had a few love connections so, um, really? Yeah. That is very exciting. So, yeah, and I, it's really I fun. actually love the sleeve, by the way. I think the sleeve Thank is you. amazing. The, the type font you've used. Thanks. It kind of reminds me a bit of like the movie Sin City, mm -hmm. but also Russell was saying it's a bit like Looney Tunes. Yeah. But it's actually very artistic, that font. Thank I like you so much. Thank trial. you. I am. Um, what I wanted to bring up about this, this new podcast for you is that it's dating. And I've been on so many dates to galleries where you go to like the Tate Modern yes. and you go on a date and, you know. I have to be drunk though. Really? Yeah, if I'm going to take... Because I don't like um, modern art. Just believe me. 
Do you know what I mean? Because only because I feel like it's not art though. Because I went Tate Modern. Yeah. And I was like, really? 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 Okay. But really? yeah, but then you go to Guggenheim and you saw. Yeah, but Guggenheim's different. Oh. Guggenheim's next level, bruv. You'll go Guggen and you'll see like. <laughs> you'll Peggy Guggen's. You'll go Peggy Guggen's and you'll see. <laughs> So Wait, so which Guggenheim did you go to? The one in Venice? One in Venice! Wow. Peggy Guggenheim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peggy Guggen. Guggen. One of my favourites. I went Peggy Guggen's in Venice and I saw Picasso, I saw Pollock, just chilling, real ones. And I was like, oh my God, Guggen, you're killing it. Loving that. I love Peggy because she's like, I like anyone that just jumps onto someone before they're big. Yeah. So she was messing with these artists before anyone really cared about yeah. them. And she was like, I see something in you. And I feel like that with me in my career. So anyone that jumped on the London train early, I have a lot of respect for them. Yeah. And like, I, that's why I like Peggy Guggenheim. She's a killer. She was buying a painting a day. Yeah, that was her manifesto. She's that's a G, she man. I want to try and do that. And you point. know what's really interesting about her as well? I think she had so much money to kind of like spend on art, or more money than other people had. But she also would spend all of it. So yeah, it meant she, she had cares. nothing left. So she'd have to then sort of work out how to get the next artwork because she'd that. already spent all the I love her she energy. kind of really went to the extreme but to support creativity I love her energy and I know in your own career you've had a lot of mentors and if you think about being bullied and you've had to build this kind of like self-esteem and uh, belief yeah. in yourself in order to just ignore all that kind of noise but you've had a lot of mentors and didn't you do something once where you were like um, before people would come on a TV show you used to like stand in for them oh my god no but I love this story and it's, yes. it's about Alan Carr as yes. well I wanted to mention okay it. so Oh my God. Okay, so back in the day, so I was at uni studying television studies, which is a terrible degree to study if you want to be on TV. They just make you watch episodes of Desmond's over and over again. It's weird. You don't actually learn how to be on TV. I know like the history of the autocue, but not how to use one. It was crazy. Anyway, I was there and at, when you're there at uni, you get jobs where companies hire uni students. It's illegal now because they didn't pay us. But back then... Yeah, like unpaid interns. Yeah, unpaid yeah. internship. And my first ever like... What like introduction to television was I was a stand-in on a show called Alan Carr's Celebrity Ding Dong and my job was to stand there and pretend to be the guests like Barbara, <laughs> Barbara Windsor and Carol Vorderman whilst, Ka um, whilst Alan went over his jokes and the camera tested at all the shots and I would stand in and then afterwards the real celebs would come and I would sit and watch it in the audience but then I was like just just turned yeah I was 18 and I was like wow because it's filmed at bbc television studios and it just blew my mind all the lights and like alan carr was so nice and lovely and in the end he realized i was quite funny so he would let me choose what jokes he would say so he'd be like london should i do this one or should i do this one and i'd be like do that one and he would actually do it so and i'd cool. be like wow i'm a comedy genius <laughs> so like yeah if it wasn't for alan carr i don't think i'd really be doing comedy so really? yeah, yeah he made me realize wow like this is what I want to do because before I just knew I wanted to be in TV because it was my best friend I didn't realise what I wanted to do I knew I wanted like a TV show like The Fresh Prince but that's in America here I was like where is there room yeah, for yeah, me yeah. then when I was doing that that job as a stand-in I was like yeah this is where I'm meant to be did he get in contact with you when you yeah, was me and Edinburgh? Alan are, me, well, not in Edinburgh but me and Alan are babes he's followed my whole journey oh. and he's always had my back and I love him to bits he's great but in terms of like having a mentor growing up um, Lenny Henry Sir Lenneth Henry. He was my babes. I used to like tell my mum, like, can you write to Lenny Henry? And she'd be like, yeah, she didn't have his address. She would pretend she did. And I would write all these letters and she would just, she would just say she posted them and he never returned the letters. So I'd be like, what's going on, Lenny? And I remember watching like the credits of the Lenny Henry show, seeing if they put his address. 
<laughs> being like, okay, Lenny Henry, where does he? Whoa, where does he live? Um, <laughs> but Len, Lenny was just with you in Edinburgh, yeah, though. Yeah. So, oh my god. And so, the guy that was filming you, John O'Rourke, as yeah. a mate of ours, he was filming you for. I don't know what the show I'm was. I'm in he does Lenny the Henry's show. new documentary, okay. and like it's out on BBC One end of this year, and it's me and Lenny, and Lenny, it's like we're talking about our careers, me and Lenny in a coffee shop talking about our careers. What's that for? Is it Imagine or something? It's for his own. Yeah, his, his own, Imagine okay, TV yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. But then he's going to me like, "You're the future of comedy." Well, you was, are though. And I'm like, I nearly vomited on myself right there and then. Because it was so much. Because I was like, Lenny, there's no female equivalent of you in Britain. There's no black British female that's as big as Lenny Henry. And he was like, yeah, that's going to be you. And I was like, Bleh. and it was just like, wow. Like, I can't believe it. I've gone from writing to this guy. And now he's like passing on the torch, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we just interviewed Hans Obrist, who's one of the world's most kind of famous curators. And he runs the Serpentine Gallery in London. And um, he has a, two shows on right now that are really, really important shows by older women artists that were kind of ignored throughout their life. But they kept going until they got recognition. But it wasn't really for the recognition, obviously. They're doing it because they love making art. But one of them was Faith Ringgold, who um, was black American. And, you know, she's probably like 85 now or something. And this is the first time I think she's had a kind of show within Europe even. It's like really, really crazy. But it just shows you that like uh, I have so much respect for people who like stick to their guns. Yeah. Yeah. And also use their art form to kind of say something and to help engender change. And yeah. that's kind of what I see with you as well in, in, in what you're doing. And that's why I've got so much respect for what you're doing. Thank because you. I, I love the idea that you're now going to America and you're going to like be the lead in your own show and, and I've never you're not playing even a had a of... pilot here by yeah. the way it's crazy no, did you have a pilot you had a pilot with Whoopi Goldberg years back that you were no. pitching and... I, had a, I had a pilot that I was pitching years back last year and no TV channel wanted Whoopto, I got Whoopi Goldberg on a show because I basically was like, I'd love to do a travel show with me and Whoopi and, um, as a dream. And it actually came true. And Whoopi said, yeah. So like, we were like, cool, we've got Whoopi Goldberg. And I had like everything in place. And every TV channel in Britain said, no. They were like, no, no, no. And it was, it was, it was emotional because Whoopi is my dream. Like yeah. she is, um, she's the only black female comedy household name around the world. You could say Whoopi in Australia, you could say Whoopi in Dagenham, and they'll know who the hell Whoopi Goldberg is. She's the only black female comedian that's achieved that status. She's kind of trans colour. Like a Whoopi Sister Act, it's like an 80% black film, but you wouldn't, we can all relate to Sister Act. Do you know what I mean? It's not seen as a black movie. It's just Sister Act. So with Whoopi agreeing to do the show, I was like, this is amazing. And then when no one wanted it, um, it was it was New Year's Day this year, and um, Sister Act was on, and I drank a few Baileys. <laughs> and um, after Sister Act, I saw an advert for Russell Howard and Mum going away, travelling. And I just was like, Pfft. And then I basically tweeted, I just think it's funny how in 2018, I had a pilot, well, I had a whole show with Whoopi Goldberg, a travel show with Whoopi Goldberg, and nobody wanted it. And then I was like, can we start putting more female comedians in travel shows and not just Russell Howard and his mum yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. or male comics and their mums because that year it was like Ramesh Ranganathan had one with his family Russell Howard Bradley Walsh had one with his son I was like at this point Rob Bryden's nephew's going to get one before I do do you know what I mean like there was no women with their own travel shows and it's shows. the kind of thing that I'm sure would probably start happening in America and, yeah, yeah, yeah in like, America yeah, exactly. oh it probably God. will happen yeah I don't think and I mean, it's not the last I've heard of me and Whoopi like we'll get together again so hopefully Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com It does. But in America, yeah, there's way more opportunity. So with your podcast, do you actually take people on dates then? No, I just listen to their dates. Oh, and then we've got love okay. gurus that will actually can hook people up. And then if you want to, after the date, you want to actually... So would you say an art gallery was a good date to go oh, on? Oh, yeah, but I've got to be drunk. You've got to be drunk. Yeah, because here's the thing. I'm really into that. I'm into art, but art when you're drunk is way better. Like, <laughs> oh my God, like, yeah, just looking at art drunk. Just like, even when I went to the Tate, I was definitely drunk. And I was just walking around like... This half man, half horse made out of tracing paper. How is this a thing? But then if I was sober, I'd be like, oh, that's terrible. But like drunk me was like, what does it resemble? Is it the white male fragility? You're freeing up your... your, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, You've got to be drunk. Your critical eye. Yeah. You've got to be drunk to release that. I I was saying to Russ, like, I've been on so many dates because I work in the art world as well, I guess. Are you single? I'm single, yeah. Bobby! Yeah. I didn't know. High five, babe. I didn't know. Yeah, big time. But actually, I, I relate to your, what your message as well uh, about about this idea of <laughs> about about this idea of like working really hard and that you don't want to like settle down and have you a family until you've like made it and done your thing. In yeah. Life. So I, I feel like we're both on our way to that. But you're a stunner. Thank you. Oh my god. You, I'm deserve, you need. To listen, um, we'll tell us about this terrible date. Yeah, you're yeah. I, I dated this guy. Okay, and we went on a date to the National Portrait Gallery, and he he rocked up, and I was like, oh my god, I'm in love. Like the minute I saw him, I was in love. And then we went to see this incredible show. Okay, this was like one of the best shows ever for me, especially Claude Cahoon, who was from like the kind of twenties. I think she knew like Duchamp, and she did all these like self portraits of herself. She was a feminist like before feminism existed, yeah. and she took all these very strange portraits of herself and they're all these tiny photographs and I, I loved her she was someone that I loved from the age of like 13 14 15 used to read about her and a bit like Frida Kahlo like all these kind of female figures that I loved go into the show and it was with Gillian Waring another artist who I love and instead of being like strong about loving this show I just kind of backed down because he hated the show and we walked around every room and he was just like this is awful this is terrible oh I can't bear this la 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 and I should have realized then that he also wasn't looking or or, or like listening to what I was saying and instead of being like this guy's a total idiot um, I just fell in love with him and then dated him for six months and why did that relationship not work because of on that day he showed his true colors so I think why did that turn you on I don't know. I need to look into that. That one. says more about your childhood. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> we it? need to turn the table. Let's talk here. about you. <laughs> I know. And the bullying. It yeah? is. Yeah, it is, babe. So it's- <laughs> <laughs> but what I think is you should take this to your show because I think in the art gallery it's yeah. like a good it's a good place to bring up different yeah. different personality traits. Definitely. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, so we ask all of our guests who come on to very 
taxing questions. Oh, the right. first one is, if you could do an art heist, you could steal any work of art in the world. And I know it's not photography, because you yes! hate photography. Photography is terrible! So why, why oh do you hate God. photography? How I feel about photography is like, it's a thing. It's there. But it don't need to be celebrated. Like it's, like it's, for example, how I feel about people that do photography as art, as art is how I feel about like YouTubers. Like they may be famous, but they're not talented. Like that kind of thing. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's how I feel about you. Like, it's the same, photography, YouTubers, same thing. Because it is. You can't tell me a shot, like uh, you, uh, someone using a camera to take a picture of something is, should be seen in the same light as someone on her hands and knees. When my little sister could go flick and take a new, like by accident, sometimes when I turn on my iPhone camera, I go bloop, and then it's a beautiful shot. <laughs> and I did that by accident. And I could put that up there, portrait gallery, boom, everything, win everything. So it can't be seen in the same light. It's no, still a but thing, I, but I, it shouldn't be in the same bracket as art. But to counter this, I, I think that... <laughs> it's not. I, it shouldn't I think be. photography is a valid art medium. Nah. As long as the artist has no. like, nah. got intention and nah. is dedicated. No. I want to take you to a Wolfgang Tillman show, yeah, for example. Yeah, she needs to Wolfgang Tillman. Don't I, care. Th- I'll be actually... like, well done, Wolfgang. Good for you. You, play, you press click. Well done. <laughs> you might have even done it on timer. Who knows? Good for you, Wolfgang. That's so, amazing. Going back to our question. Yes. If you could perform an art heist, so your touchstone artwork, an artwork that you can, an artwork you can steal and, and we'll assist you and with it. And it can be cinematic. We can get like trucks, helicopters. Yeah. We can get like Drones. dramatic We can lighting. drone it out of there. It can be like Mission Impossible yeah. where oh. you like fly in. Yeah. Even in those nails. Yeah. What we will help be? you. Ooh. We can get robotic hands to come in if you can't pick it up with your nails. Ooh. Like, what artwork Ooh. would you steal and Have take to, home? It could be anything, any size, anything. Like, Deborah Francis White said, Louise Bourgeois' giant spider. Yeah. There's like this giant yeah, spider yeah, that's yeah. bigger than this room. Do you know what? Just because, just for bragging rights, yeah. obviously I would probably get, obviously Picasso is my G, obviously Picasso. But for bragging rights, Mona Lisa's. <gasps> yeah, wow. bruv, has to be. Wow. Come on, let's go. <laughs> All the way to the top. Yeah, yeah. Mona Lisa. Well, we've got to do it, we're doing it big, innit? it? <laughs> well. I've got to steal. But, I'm still Mona Lisa. Going back, this is a really great interview <laughs> technique right now. I'm going to big myself up. But going back to your drawing of Beyonce and feminism, Isn't it? she recently made a music video in, with Jay Z, yeah, yeah. where they went to the Mona Lisa. Where they went and stood in front of the Mona Lisa. In front of the Mona Lisa, and they shut down the whole of the Louvre. They really uh, did the museum and did one of the most incredible music videos ever made. It was a bit self-indulgent. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, come on, B. Come on, Beyonce. What are you doing? No, I, I, I loved it. I, loved I, it. I, I love Beyonce. Yeah, I love her too. She's um, queen. Yeah, so this could happen. Yeah, Mona, we, I yeah. think we're going to work on this one. Okay, let's do and it. And it's in Paris, I mean, which is the, the city of romance. Exactly. We'll go there. We might even catch a dick on the way. Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and our other question we ask every guest, and uh, I'm intrigued actually to know this one from you, is what is your favourite colour? Yeah. Oh, red. Oh, straight in. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, red. Always red? been red. I have no idea. It's just been like the one I've always been drawn to. I'm a Gemini. I mean, my actual Gemini colour is We look yellow. this up as well. So you're not only a Gemini, you're also born in the 1989. Year of, 89. Year, year, year of the, the snake. snake. Year of the snake. In it. In it. And I hate them. I hate snakes. But yeah, year of the snake. Red is my favourite colour, even though yellow is my... Gemini colour, I think. But um, I don't know. Was, I've always wear red lipstick. It's always drawn. I like just loved colouring in red whenever I could. Yeah, red. Red's and the logo the on your new show is in red. Yeah, red is my literally favourite colour. Yeah. 
And red is to a lot of people, it's about like life force. Is so it? there's this um, it's powerful, idea. I think. And you know, like in Coca Cola cans, you have the color red. Like apparently they use it in design because uh, subconsciously it picks up like some instinctual thing within all of us Ooh. where, yeah, it's quite intense where, because you've got blood within you and it's meant to be about life force anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, so yeah, it's actually that's... a super powerful colour. Well, that's why I like and it. And it was Hans Obrist's favourite colour. I'm pretty Who's sure. Hans Obrist? Who's the great, greatest One of the curator biggest, ever. Great, like, most yeah. important curators in the world. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned so much on this show. You have, yeah. No, yeah, it's great. So we're... Um, we're going to open up to the audience for a few questions. Uh, if anyone's the mic got is any. over there. If you put your hands up, you can ask questions. Hi, everyone. I'm curious, what was the last piece of art each of you bought or have you bought recently? Oh, Rob? What was the last piece of art? God. Uh, you don't even buy art anymore. You just get gifted it, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How do you know that about me? I've seen I actually just, I just got gifted uh, a sculpture by an artist from America called Cause, oh, K-A-W-S. God. I was so jealous. You saw it? Nicki Minaj has got one. Yeah, and the weirdest thing is... No, the weirdest thing... Okay, I've been to Cause's studio. He's a... He's a... I, I guess he's a... He's sort of street artist, isn't Street he? artist originally. Yeah. And he's kind of become a global kind of pop artist in the sense that he's become a household name, like Uniglow, you know, do big collaborations with yeah. him. It's kind of everyone knows his the work. The MTV Awards, the statue is made yeah. by Cause. And yeah. the Dior fashion show recently had a giant yeah, floral... Yeah. Um, which you went to, didn't you, Russ? No, I went to. Oh, you didn't to, go to no. that one? You, you, you weren't invited we to talk about them. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Cause, I went to his studio and it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life because I didn't really know what to expect before I got there. And when I arrived, he was so quiet and so, like, thoughtful and profound and poetic. And I had these trainers on, not these ones, but similar ones, and they were squeaking. And I was walking through his studio and I got completely paranoid because everything was silent in there. And he's the most amazing artist. Like, I have so much respect to him. And then we've texted a few times since but we haven't been like close friends or anything and then the podcast started and he started listening to it and he loves it and then he sent me a sculpture the other day without telling me I thought he was sending me an invite yeah, to his show yeah you're obviously his favourite yeah. and he sent me a, uh, a sculpture <gasps> I didn't get a sculpture yeah. oh, yes I am Awkward. I'm his favourite I'm so happy about oh, that I'm actually sorry, yeah, I'm thrilled. winning I'm sorry. Um, anyway so I just got a sculpture from him but the last to actually correctly answer your question the last artwork I bought is a painting and it's a self-portrait by the son of Billy Childish I just bought a painting by him for my house in Margate and I think it cost about 300 quid but I really believe in him and he's studying at Slade and he was having a bit of a hard time I think so I decided to buy a painting for my house which I loved and that was quite a meaningful thing to do uh I have do you yeah mine's quick I ain't never bought art I don't think not yet not yet I'm I'm literally going to be your art advisor please do because I've got expensive taste and before I was broke of expensive taste and now I'm like just expensive taste so I don't know what to I haven't bought anything yet because mm-hmm. I don't know what to buy mm-hmm. but I, in, in my house the art I do have on my mantelpiece are my four Guinness World Records <clears throat> yeah I said four for what, for what? what did you, what did you <laughs> oh, win really? for oh really my Guinness World Records oh wow oh. so uh, <laughs> good thing you mentioned it um, so <laughs> I've got four Guinness World Records so I, you, I figured out you can get Guinness World Records for stuff that are stupid but it's still a world record what are your Guinness World record so I've got, for. I've got, by the way, I've got more world records than Usain Bolt because he's only got two. <laughs> and I've got four. That is my best tidbit about You've got myself. Four. Yes, I've got four. Weren't you? You weren't listening. I wasn't listening because I was looking up the name of the artist. Yeah, I've got four Guinness World Records. So I've got one for the fastest time to make a ham, cheese and tomato sandwich blindfolded. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I've got the plaques. They give you the plaques. And I've got one for um, the fastest paper cup tower made in under a minute. Just because I'm quick with it. 
How many, how many paper cups was it? No, so it was just like, you had to make the tower, it had to be a certain height. Right. So they measured the height of the tower. I ain't telling you because you'll break it. Right. I don't tell people because they, they will try and break it. It's very competitive, the Guinness World Records thing. I'm in the book, I'm in the book, page eight, 2017 and 18, page eight, I'm in the book. And I've got one for the fastest, um, the most uh, bangles put on a wrist in 30 seconds. I smashed that record because before they were doing it one by one and there was a loophole that you could just pick them all up at once. I just shove them on. So the record was like 12 and I got like over 200. I was like, yes! Yes! Smart! you got to be smart! Smart! And the final one is um, the tallest tower of hats worn on a head at one time. So I got these hats and I had to balance them all on my head. Um, Do you know how, what? How many hats? So it was like, I can't remember because we, we got like paper hats and we're squashing them down. There's loopholes. Loopholes. I love it. But there was like, it, it, it's in height. It's not in the amount of hats. It's like the tallest height. It's like eight foot something. So Did you then, do this all in one day? Or was no, this... so basically I used to do... Here's the funny thing. I used to do a kids show where as presenters, we had to try and break world records. I've attempted 14. I've only got four. But still, yeah, I've got but four. There's an artist that we interviewed on our show called Martin, Martin Creed. Creed yeah. And one of his latest looks in the past year, because he's really interested in like persona and kind of dressing and he, he orders clothes off eBay, all old vintage clothes and will obsessively collect things. Yep. So he often puts on like 15 pairs of sunglasses or you know right, what I mean? Like, all this kind of stuff. There, but as his look, and then he as... goes out to his opening looking like that. And at his recent opening at Hauser and Worth, yeah, I think three, at the end of last year, Four hats on hat. In December, hat he had hat. all these hats on. You need to look it up. I'm going to at you. I it. wonder if he's and he's going on his, his he's going on an American tour. He'll be there the same time you are. And he's he's a many hat man. He has loads of hats. I mean, get, we should get in contact. You should. My people should talk to his hat people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But there it's needs good. to be a London Hughes Martin Creed collaboration. There should be. Yeah. Because as we discovered, I am art. So <laughs> this is what we learned. So Russ, what, what painting is the last one that you uh, bought? I went to an opening the other night at Maureen Paley Gallery and there's an artist there called Esther Pearl Watson who's from the States and her dad growing up was obsessed with uh, UFO landings and flying saucers and she makes these kind of muralistic paintings which have like, they kind of look like Lowry-esque landscapes with figures in but then they have spaceship landings and I think, well, you don't really see spaceships enough in art, I don't think. You don't see flying saucers enough and she has all these... These drawings, really, and I bought a drawing of hers that has, like, tinfoil, and it looks quite naive and quite kiddish, but I absolutely loved it, and I got that the other day, and that just opened at Maureen Paley Gallery. And I how, how much was that? What, do you know? That was... Uh, yen dollars. It was $650. It's not expensive. It's not expensive. Not expensive. That was, yeah. no, it was a decent one, plus Although that, that is some people's rent in London, but it's not expensive. Yeah, yeah, plus VAT and framing. Oh, wow. Yes. That's cheap. You know yeah. what, as well, when I saw that show, I didn't go and see the show, but I saw the image for it. And it really made me think about this idea of like UFOs and aliens in art. And there's an artist that I really love who I also bought a painting of not long ago um, by uh, Catherine Bradford. And she's an American painter and she's actually getting more well-known um, in the UK now, which is really brilliant. And um, I'm a big champion of her. And she's probably like... I don't know, late 60s, something like that. And she was undiscovered for a long, long time. And her paintings are like next level. And they're incredibly like soulful and spiritual, but they often have UFOs in, within them. Yeah, there's and always stars and spaceships. I love, spaceships love and, yeah, and I It's always that. like moonlight on the water with people swimming at night. Yeah. They're really dreamy. I like yeah. that. Catherine I feel like, awesome. could you help me get art by someone, by a female artist that was like underrated for so long? I feel yeah, like totally. that should yeah, be yeah. The, yeah. the first piece of art I buy. But that also, happens a lot with female artists. So, totally. so many female artists have been working and working and working and the men have trailblazed and the men have got all the attention the women have been there the whole time. Yeah. And suddenly like their late 70s, 80s, oh, they whoa. suddenly get... Really... 70s, 80s? Yeah, some of them. You look at some of these artists, you look at Carmen Herrera is 105 now. She's hanging on, still working. She got famous when she was 84. 
Oh my god! And she and everyone was like, "Where have you been?" She's like, "I've been here the whole time." Wow. But today, like what you were telling us, that's I mean, exactly how my career. I've been yeah, here the yeah. whole. I've been but doing also, comedy ten years though. She not. tells an incredible story how she used to try and get her work into art galleries, and she went to this art gallery run by a female, and the female went, "You run rings around all my male artists. You're amazing." She was like, "Great." She went, "But I'm not going to give you a show." She's like, "Why?" why? She went, "Because you're a woman." And Stop, she said that was from a woman to a woman. That yes. disrespect you. Wow. But even, um, even your hero, Jackson Pollock, yeah. his wife, Lee Krasner, partner, who's Lee Krasner, show, yeah. just had a major solo show at the Barbican, yeah. totally transformative artist. And actually, I think she's a better painter. Yeah. And I think that show at the Barbican's kind of resolutely proved that. I yeah. mean, that show is exquisite. But she was but there the whole time. But his wife and partner... So tell the story, Russ, because you were saying it the other day about how she championed his work well, after so he, he died. So, I don't know if everyone knows about Jackson Pollock, but he was uh, a womanizer. He cheated on her multiple times. Oh, he Lord. was an alcoholic. He's very abusive. But she stuck by her man. And he died while he's in the car with someone he's having an affair with and her friend. And the friend survived. And when he died, she knew that his work was amazing. Even though he was such a terrible husband and partner, she believed in the work so much that she championed it. And he was out of fashion. He was out of favour. Nobody was interested in Jackson Pollock. And she pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to the point where everyone went, this guy, where everyone went, this guy is incredibly important and his price is soared. And after that, she'd been working the whole time. After that, she's like, phew, right, I can chill out now. I can now concentrate on my own work and push my own work. And it's only now, really, in the last like, six, seven years, maybe ten years, that people have gone Lee Krasner's important. And her work is actually better than Jackson's. But it felt like wow. she believed in the work so much, even though the man was... And you know what work. that is? That is true love as well. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you know, like your show. So I'm Also, it's weird that I called my Jackson Pollock-themed piece feminism. <laughs> that's awkward. Yeah, that's, that not, is... that's not true on yeah, any level. Just... <laughs> I kind no. of regretting that. I thought it was ironic. No, oh, right, I never okay. knew about it's the It's postmodern, though. It's postmodern. You're yeah. turning the tables. I'm actually flipping the script. Actually, you're stupid yeah. for not realising yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had it's no same with idea. Picasso. He was, he was a true feminist, wasn't he? Picasso? Yeah, Picasso is true yeah, feminist. Really, really I had no loved. idea about Jackson. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Jesus. There we go. Look so, have we got any other questions? Here we go. Oh. Oh. Take the back row and then maybe the front row. What piece of art if you could attach one to it, would you say it represents your love lives? Ah! <laughs> Tracy Emin's bed. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Oh, me. God. Um, really oh, a really hard question. Well, I mean... Sorry, my mic's nowhere in my mouth. That's a really hard question. That's a really hard question. Uh, oh, God. I mean, it's going to be really revealing, isn't it, whatever you say. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh, you were right in there. Yeah, you were straight in. You were just like right in there. Yeah. Uh, I love Tracy Emin's bed because it's really um, poetic as well. It's got this beautiful... And she did an installation of it recently yeah. in the Turner Contemporary Museum in Margate with Turner paintings. And so you've got these beautiful like seascape kind of paintings and then you see her, her bed next to it. Oh, the juxtaposition really, must no, have been... It was incredible. And um, no, but it really... <laughs> What did you just say? I the juxtaposition oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, between it. No, it really was incredible, though. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been insane. Uh, insane. Oh God. Um, I, I mean, mine would probably be, and you hate him, but Wolfgang Tillman's photography. Oh, he God. does a lot. He does a series. Why called, is he so great, by the way? Because he he says if if. If one thing matters, everything matters. Is his mantra, and he photographs the everyday, and he photographs. He, he makes high art out of 
detritus. And he has, has this series called Fultonworth series, and it's clothing that's been discarded, and it's like a sock over a banister or a pair of pants on the floor. And what it does is it, as the viewer, you project onto it the scenario, what's happened. And there's something quite okay. sexy about the fact that what's left behind... You know, if you saw, like, two pair of, like, pants on the floor or, or trousers yeah. or a pair of shoes discarded and, like, a shirt there, you think something sexy is happening yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. And that's, I guess, I would have the whole series of Fulton Worth by Wolfgang Tillmans. And what are, what are those ones? What is that series? It's just, like, discarded clothes. And what then... he just said. So you see, like, T-shirts. <laughs> no, I wasn't listening because I was thinking that? about my own I one. I know, well, I just did that when you were talking. I was like, oh, what are they talking about? I was thinking about? about my own one, yeah. which I have now. Because, it's, because, you know, it's like, it's sexy and stuff's going on, but you don't so need that, to know, really. Uh-huh. You don't need to know what I'm doing. <laughs> but you can imagine. Is that the same T-shirt, t-shirt series where you see T-shirts? Sometimes? You see the T-shirts yeah, on it, yeah, and they've got, like, stains, suggestive stains on them and stuff. His work, his work is, ooh, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, his, his, his work is also incredibly autobiographical. Yeah. And there's, it's, it's, I'll show you. I really want to take you to one of his shows because I think you're actually going to like him. We'll and see. then I think we might, you know, you might, you might change. We'll What's your see. work, Rob? Yeah. Well, um, I'm really struggling with this, but I think it would be a work, a really early, early sculpture by Rebecca Warren, and it's called Every Aspect of Bitch Magic. Ooh. Yeah. And why? 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 Because, you know, I think I have magic, and I think, and you you're know, a bitch. It's being ignored. <laughs> and I'm a complete bitch, yeah. Every no, aspect. I just love that sculpture. Yeah, like... it's a vitrine, isn't it? Yeah. And it's Ooh, got you know like. It, Russ. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. And it's got like little bits of detritus on the top, like a pom pom. It's got a tea bag in it. It's got all kinds of you things. You love tea bagging. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Your mum's in the audience. Sorry about that. Um, Sorry, it's too easy. Anyway, <laughs> Rebecca Warren is just generally like. Yeah, genius. Genius. Love Rebecca. Genius. Um, so we have a question at the front as well. Yep. Oh, you got it. Uh, I want to ask that. What's the weirdest art have you ever seen? Oh, the weirdest art. Oh, yeah. there's loads. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah, where's, literally loads. Where's she going to stop here? Um, <laughs> oh, God. What am I saying? What's the weirdest? I saw, uh, yeah, I saw uh, like a 12-foot sequin penis uh, sculpture. That's what I'm saying. Day. I was going along them lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw it as well. I ain't seen the penis, but I seen dildo, dildo art. Do you know what I mean? Dildo art? Yeah, so it's like dildos made into stuff. Like what? Made into what? So it's like dildos all bent in like a heart, dildos like a swan. Oh, I've seen beautiful. that. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? That is really strange. Yeah, so yes. that, I've seen that. That was in LA. This is a tough question as that well. Was yeah. That oh. was no, weird. My, my, yeah, the, 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 penis, the disco penis was by Kembra Failer, who's a downtown Dis- the disco East... disco penis. Disco penis. And... Really? Yeah. And that was it's a giant penis. Giant. I've got a picture next to it on my Instagram. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm standing there proudly. Yeah, she's called Kimbra Phelan. She's from downtown New York. She's part of the downtown New York scene. Nice. She's a performance artist. Yeah, she does handstands. I really want to, What's that place called? Art Basel. 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 Oh, Basel. I want to go I will there. Go to Art yeah. Basel with you. Can we go? I big time want to be your art advisor. Please. I really want to go there. Will you do it drunk or will you do it sober? Drunk. Drunk. Right. Yeah, but there's free champagne. There's free oh, champagne. We can go to the preview. Yeah, We're going to rock can this. Can we go? Also, you should come freeze London. Oh, you're not here though, are you? Freeze when, London. When's that? October in October, the first week of October, might, you're in I LA, might, no? I might come back. Come back for it. Because I'm in LA for about a month or so. I've got my gallery. I'm oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just I drink champagne. Ruin our, Ruin our sponsor it, so you can get loads of free Ruin I love that champagne. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay, look time. at that. Look, I'm living my best life with you two, innit? Yeah, <laughs> this is just this the beginning, London. And great. also, I, I said to Russ, that because you liked... Um, 
sort of like that artist with the handbag and everything. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like, and because you're doing a dating show and you're all about love generally, yeah. I thought you should get Jeff Koons' giant heart, yes, which has got a kind a of bow. bow on it, and there's different variations. Do you know of it. Jeff Koons' work? I've heard Jeff of Jeff Koons. Koons. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, made yeah. I don't. I, I probably recognise it if I he's see it. He's the guy who did the giant puppy. You know, the huge with the puppy, flowers in. And it oh, looks yeah. a bit like um, like balloons that have been, you know, uh, made into no, balloons. Yeah, but they're all like made. You think I should get some of his stuff? Yeah, it's about ten million or something. It's ten million. Yeah, okay, Once Hollywood comes, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, in it. You're, no, it's all happening. It's on route. It's on no, route. I, I believe in you, it's and doable. I know it's going to happen, which is why I want to be your art advisor. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's doable. It's um, doable. What's the weirdest that. art you've seen? I'm Rob? really struggling actually, but I think it's an outsider artist. Go on. I think it might be like Henry Darger. Oh yeah. I went to a Henry Darger installation in Camden at um, yeah the, the off of uh, near Primrose Hill off the called? space the there. It's called uh, museum. <laughs> don't know. There's something museum. Yes, London. No, no. Anyway, yes. I saw a Henry Darger exhibition and he was a kind of outsider artist who did very strange, um, like, fairy tale, kind of twisted yeah, fairy dark. tales. Really dark, twisted weirdness. Um, and Henry Darger, and I kind of loved it and I'd seen it in reproduction before, but when you actually see it in real life, it's kind of disturbing. Yeah. And it's almost quite wrong. It was somehow. rolls and rolls of paper and you had them all kind of displayed so you could walk up and down. And he made it in his bedroom in his mother's house and he never, nobody ever saw it while he was alive. And when he died, they went in and found this art and they oh. were like, this is kind of screwed up, but this is amazing, but it's really disturbing. But he didn't make it for the world to see. He made it for his own sort of inner monologue because he needed to like create this world to escape from everything. But it was, it was, yeah, it's very disturbing, but it's incredibly as an art form. But when amazing. I thought about the word weird, you immediately think of kind of craziness or something. Or, yeah. kind or of dildos. Very over the, exactly. But yeah. like, or, or, or just like crazy up. But I, I feel like weird is actually a word where I did feel quite weird when I was looking at yeah, that yeah, work. Yeah. Like well, it, it disturbs you. It's disturbing. Unsettling. Yeah, yeah, but at yeah. the same time, it's quite genius. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a really good question. Great. Yeah. I think we've got time for one more. At the back. Or two, maybe two more then. Um, is there one thing that you would change about the art world? Ooh. Oh, well, yes. Well, Rob, you work in a gallery. You... No, London go first. Yes. Yeah, oh. Definitely yes there. Do you know what I, I would change? Here's the thing. This is what I don't like about art. Is that you'll have, you'll have art and it'll be like, this is art. And then someone goes, that's not art. And it's like, bitch, yes, it is art. But then someone who's influential goes, that's art. And they go, ooh, let's hike up the money on it. Let's hike up the price. And she's like, I was telling you it was art all along. And you said no at first. And I don't like that. I like the fact that, I like that, if, I'm a comedian. So if you're funny, if you're funny, you're a comedian. You can't stand on stage and not, people, not make people laugh and be a comedian. Like, it's like, you're funny, you're a comedian. Or you can act, you're an actor. But with art, it's like, I just don't get that these gatekeepers just control what is art and what isn't and what's, what's expensive art and what's cheap art yeah. and it kind of like makes you feel how like how would you change that then I, uh, it's hard because art is so subjective that i went to the tape modern and i just saw like this giant cassette tape it's just this massive cassette tape and apparently that's art and i'm like that's not art that is just structure and taking up space but it's <laughs> that is just that is not art but then someone said that's art and that's expensive or whatever I don't know but I do you not think that all culture is subjective like no because i feel like most things you can most skills they are defined by a set of rules. Yeah. And if you do them correctly, you will get this effect. And that means you are that person. Like if you're a runner, the fastest runner wins. Whereas art, art what's the, yeah, it's not like the best artist wins. But you wins. know what? Maybe that's actually the interesting thing about art that's different to everything else, which I'd never really thought about before. But that's quite interesting. Isn't it? Because, no, 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 wait. It is. Because, <laughs> because it is like, so you can't sort of pin it down. It, it is quite profound in that sense. Which yeah. means everything's great and also everything's terrible. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Right? What would you do? How would you change the art world, Rob? Because you work in a gallery on a daily basis. I think I've actually been learning a lot recently because we've opened a gallery in Margate and it's almost become a kind of um, public space now. Like, it's become much more... Uh, we're in, we have so many more visitors. We've had something like, I don't know, 5,000 visitors, whereas in the London Gallery, we would have had, like, 1,000 in a year. You know, that's the difference. So it's been much more like running a museum. And also doing this show, actually, has made us more public in the sense that I'm interacting with so many more people than I used to, like, just running a private gallery. And what I've learned from that is the importance of being able to have conversations and that people can come into the gallery and say, but why is this good? Or what is this about? And I do think with art, one of the problems with art is that you sometimes need the backstory because you might, which is what, like that cassette tape, for example, it probably has some fascinating like backstory. Right. If you don't see it and you don't visually like it necessarily when you see it, then you might not get it. So I think the idea of like being able to talk about art and, um, for people to feel brave enough or free enough or relaxed enough to be able to ask questions. I think that's the big thing that I would like to change. And that's kind of why we're doing this show. Totally. Is to, and that's also why we wanted you to come on the show. Yeah, yeah because I'm the voice getting... of the working class. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess I am. People say I am. I'm quite middle class now, but awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, I live, I live in Bathy Park. It's also about different people's perspectives, yeah. you know, which are valid and need to be heard. Yeah. And I don't, what I don't like in the art world is the idea that like you can't have a comedian come and talk about art. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to do that because... Well, that, yeah, that's what we want to do, art for everyone. And yeah, we want to make exactly. it non-elitist, non-academic. Yeah. But you guys are definitely doing that with totally. this. Totally. Definitely. We yeah. just want to get more people out into art galleries because there's so many that are snobbery, free. Yes. Like, there's a, like, there's a fear. There's a fearfulness yeah. that you don't know enough and therefore you're not allowed in. You're not allowed in the club. Oh, my God, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and we want to just open the doors and go, there isn't a club, everybody's And also, welcome. what I love in culture, if you look at someone like Kanye West or Beyonce and different pop stars and even Madonna historically like there's loads of pop stars that have done it who have tried to involve art in what they do I think that can the, the combination of those forces like bringing together different disciplines can just be so transcendent and, yeah. and so inclusive and yeah. such brilliant positivity out of all of yeah. that and that's what and culture is the quickest way to get a really. message across through culture yes. it's like it moves through you know humankind much easier than it does someone standing there trying to but, be propaganda. But also politically, like, yeah. it reflects the time we're in. Yeah. Just like comedy does. You know, Art shows what's going on in society. Yep. And without that, what are we as people? Like what, you know, if we all died as a, if the whole planet got wiped out, you know, who knows, it might well happen. But what will be left behind, you know, is all those artifacts. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. That art. And art. Yeah. No, it is, it's, it's, it's so important. I just wish it was more... I wish it was spread accessible. out more. Accessible. more accessible. I wish it was more accessible to just everyone. And like, I feel like even if you had like a street artist who had no money and came from nothing, the moment he gets popular, his artwork goes soaring up and then you have to pay crazy money to get that guy's work. Whereas that guy should be free. It should be free and he should be everywhere because he didn't come from money. I feel like when, when art turns into great art it becomes really but you know what using that as an example though if you think of someone like as mainstream now as Banksy who's a, obviously a very famous street yeah. artist but I like the fact that he sometimes goes and does his stencils on centres or places locations yeah. that are struggling so he went and did a stencil recently I think on a kids youth centre or yeah, something he did. did it on the front door and then that is owned by that that, that building, they were able to 
or auction that off, use the money to help fund the youth centre. Oh, really? And things like that. Now, that is cool. Yeah. yeah. And but someone what, like yeah. Banksy has also made a lot of prints. And I think, and Tracy and different artists who are really famous, they make a lot of prints that you can buy for a few hundred quid. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. You know, which you might have to save up for to buy whatever. But I think it is really important to try and live with art as well. It's like, like when I watched Exit Through the Gift Shop for the yeah. first time, that blew my mind. I was like, oh, this art thing's a joke. Like, you could just pretend to be an artist and then be an artist. Then I went to the dude, what's his name? Dr. Mr. What's his name? Dr. Brainwash. Mr. Dr. Mr. Mr. Brainwash. Brainwash. I went yeah. to his place, like his art gallery, and I was like, this is so crazy. Like, is this art? It, it, yeah, well, it I've flipped my mind around. I didn't Mr. know how Brainwash. I felt about it. I wonder it. if Mr. Brainwash is all Banksy and he's used that guy almost like as an avatar and an actor. I don't know if this is true or not. Wow, yeah, I and heard that And I don't mean theory. to disrespect you, Mr. Brainwash. Because I don't totally conspiracy. know. No, I so heard when that I too. watched that, really? yeah. I kind of felt like it was. Uh, there's so many layers yeah. to it and it's quite deep actually and it is quite genius and then Madonna funnily enough used, used Mr. Brainwash for her greatest hits for her greatest hits cover yeah and uh, yeah it's interesting that whole thing the Kardashians love him as well so that's he's just gone through the roof They're, they filmed the episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians in his that's art now that is art do you know what I mean? The Kardashians. The Kardashians went to Mr. Brainwash and wow. filmed the whole episode in his gallery. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, we that's need to get the Kardashians on this show. You yeah. really do. Rob, Rob has his music on the I, Kardashians. I have my music on some of their early... Yeah, so I used to make music and some of my early songs were used in the background of the early seasons of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Are you being and at the time I had to sign it off and I was like, I don't know what this is because they weren't famous at all. And then it was being used and I was getting money coming in and your... I was like, I got a bit of money from it. Right. Um, and it was, it was interesting though. And also things like Paris Hill, kind of weird show like Paris Hilton's best friend forever and things like that Paris but, Hilton's new best friend yeah those things I yeah. was on that were you yeah were that, you? I auditioned for that hopefully hopefully my music was in the background yeah it probably oh, was wow. that's crazy We're that was yeah together. this is a true romance I know isn't we it we found each we're other we're gonna London. have the best time we are yeah <laughs> me and you and you sorry and no, you no no that's fine no. oh no no this you is do like thing. you do your thing you get your sculptures you do your thing it's fine this is like cause all over again this is painful this is painful well London Hughes thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me thank London Hughes please amazing guest And also, thank you. thank you to everyone who's come today. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to everyone who's come here today and who's been listening to the show and writing into us on Instagram and all that stuff. Like, it does really mean a lot to us. And I don't think either of us realised this was even going to happen, that we'd end up being on the stage. No, no, it's amazing. It's mad. But we're really grateful. And we're going to um, hang out afterwards, pl- so do come and say hi. Can I quickly plug my podcast, London Actually, launches on Spotify tomorrow. So please listen to it. It's my first podcast, so please enjoy. Thank you, guys. And we will post a picture of that and a link so you can all follow that. And we'll also be posting pictures of the artworks we've discussed today, including Lee Krasner. So not yes. just Jackson Pollock. We're nice. going to support the female and artists. And my art, feminism. Yes, we're going to oh, take yes, a picture of feminism. Yeah, 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 and maybe we'll, maybe we'll auction it off at some point. I, I think that's got positive Wait till I'm happening. mega famous. Exactly, yeah, we'll hold it back <laughs> for a bit. Um, but thank you, London. It's been a privilege thanks for having to speak me. with you so much. No, thanks, guys. And thank, thank you, you to all of you. London we'll see you very festival. soon. All right, thank cheers, guys. You. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at TalkArt, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to TalkArt at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card.
Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com